0: Hey everybody, Uh, guess what? Instead of one episode this week, you get two. This episode is going to be talking about a brand new way for us to actually defeat ISIS without the conventional methods of just using bombs and boots on the ground and all that stuff. A, A way we can do it, frankly, on their terms. This isn't something that's being talked about, and maybe it should. Now, the other episode is called could you live with four years of Joe Biden? You might think that's not possible at this point, but it's actually really easy to get Joe Biden in for four years, and i tell you exactly how to do it. You can find both of these episodes in the ClickBang archives just by going to bit.ly forward slash ClickBang. Once again, that's bit.ly forward slash ClickBang, bit.ly forward slash ClickBang. Bang. So let's talk about ISIS. Everyone knows they're a huge problem. They keep doing terrorist attacks all around the world. It's getting worse and worse. The way we've been fighting ISIS up till now, at least, at least us, America, we've been you know doing drone strikes and bombings and stuff like that, and it really hasn't been working out very well. It's not a great strategy. Part of the reason is because every time we do a bombing on ISIS, yeah, we take some of them out, but then we take out a bunch of innocent civilians also. Not only is that horrible because we're killing innocent people, but they all have families, and we didn't kill all of them. Now those people are extremely sympathetic towards ISIS, and they're likely to join. We can't keep doing this because we keep creating more and more terrorists. I mean, think about it. If... if, if uh, Forget about ISIS. Let's say China. If China, if China bombed uh, your neighborhood somehow, this isn't going to happen. It's just a, you know, just a thought exercise. But China, you would become radicalized against China. Probably, you'd be really mad. You, you probably wouldn't think straight. I mean, a lot of us weren't thinking straight after 9/11, and Bush said we should go bomb Iraq. Almost, you know, most people were in favor of this. We weren't thinking clearly, and neither are they. But that doesn't change the result. So if bombing ISIS isn't the right idea and committing ground troops is something that seems to be the next step, but I don't know how effective that's going to be either because we're not doing something very, very important, something that has to be done to defeat them. And that is where we have to just, we have to squash the idea of ISIS, the actual idea of radical Islamic terrorism. You can't beat an idea with guns and bombs but you can use them a little bit. To kill an idea, you really need, you don't need an army, you don't need a B-52, you need a philosopher. You have to be able to frame the operation in terms of one of philosophy on their terms in order to kill their idea. Now, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to take any of this like super literally, I'm just some guy doing a podcast. I'm not suggesting that everything I'm saying here should be taken word for word and made into our national you know, defense policy or whatever. I'm just saying, like, think about these ideas and ones that are similar to it, because it's pretty clear what we're doing now isn't working. If anything, this is just food for thought, okay? So what would a philosopher do? I think they would start by redefining ISIS in a new way that's... That's true, mostly true, but provides some sort of philosophical advantage. So up until now, we have been referring to ISIS as radical Islamic terrorism. Well, most people have. For some reason, some people refuse to say that, but everyone knows it's true. Okay, well, that hasn't been working. Let's try to call them something different. In fact, on their terms... What they've been talking about this whole time is returning to the caliphate that existed in the 8th century, an ancient form of Islam or a historical form of Islam. It doesn't matter what word you end up using. You know, you do public opinion testing and all that stuff. I don't have access to that. But something that refers to it as the old way, the historical way, whatever. What's important is that you use a new term that's different than the one we're using now that isn't working. Okay. Then, so so what we're going to do is, ISIS is going to be the old or the historical form of Islam. And the rest of the Muslim world, which is, by and large, peaceful, they will be termed the modern form of Islam. Okay, now those words aren't going to just do it. You need to have a way to actually test not to the rest of the world, but specifically to Muslims, you need to put on display a test for them to judge which is better, the old way or the new way, the historical form of Islam or the modern form of Islam. How do you do that? Well, the first thing you can try is by putting a wall around the caliphate in Raqqa. That would mean a combination of... uh, Mines, fences, uh, trenches, walls, whatever it is. And I know what you're going to say. That's not going to work. That's not. They're going to be able to get through that. How are you going to? How are you going to be able to create a wall that's strong enough to hold them in, or more, or maybe more importantly, keep other people from coming in. Keep keep other people out. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be that good, because the wall is largely philosophical it's showing the rest of the world that everything inside this wall is the historical islam and everything on the outside of this wall almost everything is the modern form of islam like i said if this this wall is not in- intended to keep you know to, to to hold back an army no if they want to roll some tanks over the wall that's going to work and then well they're out of the hiding places with a bunch of civilians they'll die so they're only going to try that once or twice right it just has to be decent so that you know it it, it if listen if, if there's one person who's like really determined to get out and go into you know some other country and and yeah they're going to be able to get through but most people will be kept in and most people who want to join them will be kept out it just has to work kind of good and it just has to be there so that people see it and that it is a psychological a psychological thing inside historical islam outside modern islam okay so we've got the wall we are again we're trying to kill an idea with this wall so now instead of our foreign policy being you know people standing at a podium, thumping their chest and say, we're going to blow ISIS to bits and we're going to kill them and we're going to kill their family and all this stuff. Now we're just saying, we just want to see how their world, historical Islam, works compared to modern Islam. So we're going to leave them alone and see how they do, for the most part. Now, they've always said they want to return to this 8th century caliphate. So let's help them do that. We, according to them, we are the heathens, We are the infidels. The rest of the world probably won't mind since they're so against us heathen infidels. I don't think they're going to mind too much if we destroy the heathen infidel technology. We're not going to kill them. I mean, maybe we will in certain circumstances, but within this experiment, we're just going to attack the technology. They want to go back to the old historical way, 8th century, there were no cell phone towers, oil refineries, electricity plants, all that stuff that didn't exist in the world they're trying to go back to. So nobody should be that upset when those are the things we destroy. We're going to attack their infrastructure, not the people. I don't think the rest of the Muslim world is going to have a big problem with that. Now, the thing is, once we start bombing their oil and their electricity and all that stuff, um, of course, that's going to have a major impact on the people that live there, they're, going, they're not going to have the resources they normally had to live. And that's where, instead of dropping bombs, we start dropping everything that they need to live in a healthy, sustainable way, just like they would in the 8th century caliphate. We send our planes, and instead of dropping bombs, we drop farming supplies, food, medical supplies, This is so that the innocent population can continue to exist and probably exist better than they have now. I mean, we have, these are resources that are vastly available to us that, frankly, I mean, we subsidize grain and barley and and all these agriculture things. Like, all our farmers, we have, they make so much of this because it's subsidized. Like, we have to burn it everywhere. We throw it away. So it's basically free. I mean, sure, you got to gas the planes and everything, but it's a hell of a lot cheaper than dropping bombs, Right. This can be done for a pittance. And we're giving these innocent people ways to live, to live better. Not just food that they can eat for the week, but grain and plows. Shit, I'm pretty sure you can drop cattle or whatever, oxen or... Shit, man. We can drop anything we want if we put our minds to it, right? It it, it can't be that hard. Certainly not the grains and the plows and the medical supplies. This can't be that hard. And it's not that expensive. So you can't just drop these things in. Without an explanation. So what we're going to do is, with all these supplies that we give them, we're going to have a piece of paper that's in everything that we send, and it's going to say that we are supporting the historical way of Islam, so that you can live peacefully, and you know, signed United States of America. And we're even going to provide them copies of the Quran, lots of Qurans, and they will be completely unaltered. Exact, you know, whatever their favorite, just whatever ISIS likes as their as their form of the quran give them that one okay don't change it in any way they're not even away. they're not allowed to throw that away even though it comes from us it's their holy text word for word what are they going to do with it they have to keep it and they you know maybe they'll throw away the piece of paper that came with it but they're going to remember who gave it to them and they're going to remember who gave them the plows and the grain and the medical supplies the leaders of ISIS are going to have a very hard time explaining to the people whose, whose land and cities and villages that they are occupying, that somehow these people who are sending food, supplies, and Qurans that we are really bad guys. Good luck selling that. While we're doing this, we're also eliminating their technology. We're creating a... Uh, I don't know, like a technological dead zone to make it just like it was in the caliphate in the 8th century. We're going to take out the cell phone towers, we're going to take out the oil refineries, we're going to take out the power plants while still giving them viable ways to feed, clothe, and care for themselves. We are giving the people a way to survive in the way that they've always asked for, the historical way, the 8th century caliphate way. And we are attacking, not them, we are bombing their technology. Not their technology, the technology that we, the heathens, the infidels created. When this is done, ISIS will no longer be able to have access to getting in the news. We've taken away all their technology and we've built the wall. Listen, the wall's not going to work for everything. It won't keep out an army, but it'll keep out journalists they will have no more access to the news. Would ISIS have ever been able to get where they are today without the Internet? Of course not. This takes away the Internet from ISIS. No electricity equals no Internet. Sure, they can use batteries and generators, but what are they going to connect to? Yeah, there's always satellites. They're slow and mostly used for cell phones or for satellite phones. But we have technology now with drones where we can scramble satellite signals. Soon we'll be able to do it from the ground. No internet equals ISIS just lost their biggest weapon. They've proven that they can achieve their terrorist goals with a truck. They can't get new people without the internet. And we just took that away they will have no more access to recruit from around the world. Gingrich, uh, who I'm not such a big fan of, but he made a speech at the Republican convention last night that uh, he included one fact in that's uh, actually really true. PolitiFact even even checked this and said it was true. He just gave an example. as one country, Pakistan, not so far away from Syria. 9%, he said 9%, of Pakistanis support ISIS. This is a true statement. I'm including the Pew Research poll that he included, that that, um, that he is citing from. He said, of course, the majority of Muslims in the world are peaceful. But look, let's just take one country, Pakistan, 9% support ISIS. That's 16 million people. That's a hell of a base to recruit from. Very true. And that's just one country. You go around the rest of the world, now you're talking about tens, maybe hundreds of millions of people." With our wall and our technology freeze on the caliphate, they don't have access to these people to recruit. Now, what we're going to have to do is we are going to have to plan in advance about allowing innocent people to leave the caliphate. And we have to be careful about who we say these innocent people are. Uh, The safest way to do that is women and small children. Uh, Men, of fighting age need to stay behind uh, for two reasons. Number one, we can't be sure if they've been radicalized and they're just trying to, you know, because they've done this already, You know, trying to come out as refugees and then they end up in another country and they do terrorist stuff. That's number one. But uh, an almost equally important reason is that the men of fighting age have to stay. So that way, as ISIS becomes weaker and weaker and less and less able to recruit, that these are the men who are going to kill them when the time is right here's the the whole bit you can you can disagree with 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 you know lots of little little parts of this but you have to admit this is something totally different it's cheap why not try it it's moving away from we are going to kill the enemy mode which means killing humans to helpful mode we're going to help you be the historical islam that you want to be by removing heathen infidel technology. This will give them a way to prove to the world that they're right. I mean, even as we're starting to do this, I'm not talking about ISIS leadership, but the people who are there, I mean, it's kind of believable. And even if it's not, their life's going to be better with all this shit we're giving them, right? They're going to be able to grow more food, take care of themselves better, all this stuff. They're not going to mind. The whole idea is that if you want to kill an idea You have to go after that idea directly. The best way to do that is with a friendly smile, a handshake, a Quran, and doing it on their terms. Everything we've been doing to this point is guns and bombs, and that is not intelligence. They have the same, guns and bombs are stupid. They have them too. We have them, they have them. This is philosophy. This is actual intelligence. We have not tried it yet. Let's try it now. So tell me, what's the worst possible thing that happens if none of this works? You have a bunch of villagers with extra plows and food and medical supplies. What is the worst thing that happens here if this doesn't work? Then we can just go back to the old way. But isn't it worth a try to do something radically new and radically peaceful. Just think about it. Listen, I rarely, if ever, ask you guys to share my podcasts, uh, at least not with my own voice on the podcast. I really think this is a good idea, at least worth talking about. So if you think that this is at least worth talking about, do me a favor. Share it on your Facebook or whatever you use. Start a conversation. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Cheers. And lastly, a footnote. I've been learning quite a bit from uh, uh, listening to Scott Adams. He's the guy who makes the Dilbert comics. Uh, Many of the ideas on this podcast come from him. And I do recommend that you read his blog, which you can just uh, Google Scott Adams blog. It's good stuff. Okay. We're done.